So this this thing this thing I hear is going off. You know, it, it it ain't about punk and it ain't about the scene. And you stupid fucking nerds sitting sitting indoors, man. I'm out in the streets. Dig it. It's going on podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. <laughs> you know, for the longest time, I was thinking about what was it? The going off podcast is good, all right. Remember that? We were thinking about what, what that as a slogan. <laughs> Just a generic, like our version of the fucking brands that we were just talking about. Uh, yeah, fucking good mood food, eating good in the neighborhood. <laughs> it was it was someone defensively as if they were on a school bus and overheard people shit talking, going off, just stood up and went, the going off podcast is good, all right? <laughs> like in defense. In, they've had enough. I've been thinking that was that, that that could be a slogan, but now, now you've turned the, you've turned me onto this new one, the parody of the Lo-Fi All Stars quote. That you know what, it might not fit on a shirt, but it's catchy uh, though. What what was I just thinking? I was like, you're going on to go off or something like that. You're gonna get on. Wait, no. You're going on to going. Uh, wow. This is you see what apart. I'm trying to? No. <laughs> I'm like trying to circle this drain here. <laughs> the first album we're talking about today is "How to Operate with a Blown Mind" by Low Fidelity All Stars, requested by Joseph Bergeron. When I first heard this and saw it was like '98, '99, and saw the album art. I thought this was going to be like uh, just some like rap mixtape thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, when you say all stars, it's like, OK, I assume this is going to be what was that one album we listened to where it came out in like 93 oh, East Coast, West Coast, all stars with the, the Karis one song is like all beef must dead. No, <laughs> was that the one? Yeah, it's not like the rapid Santa. <laughs> it had like some Mutang folks on there. It had some other yeah. folks. Just a random grab bag. I think it was uh, uh, DJ Muggs. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I think you're DJ right. DJ Muggs from uh, Cypress Hill. And with this, it's like, I haven't heard of anybody related to this. this is, like, is the All-Stars ironic? <laughs> or, I mean, to be fair, it, they are English, so maybe they're better known over there? And that was quite the surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... What's happening? Because at first I was thinking like, oh, you know how 90s albums are trying to sound epic and intense to get a British guy to do the intro or something like that. And then you kept hearing it. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? Is this the lead singer of the band? Oh, OK. Because at first I was like, OK, so this is just like a, like a the books situation. It's a bunch of samples and they just like put something together and it's like this hodgepodge of different stuff. And then to come to find out, oh, all these spoken word parts are, like, new and original. They're not, like, yeah, sampling a, some random thing, which is what I initially thought. So, I think, for me personally, I was really into this idea uh, for the first half. And then I just gradually kind of fell out of favor with it. Like, I think I just yeah. kind of got bored with it. Oh, most certainly with these fucking eight-minute long songs. Okay, look. yeah. I'm glad for once I'm not the one bringing it up. Because <laughs> I was look, going but I, to. 
But here's my thing, okay? I like Daft Punk, all right? I like uh-huh. the around the world, around the world. Yeah, it was just I one g- thing for like five minutes, yeah. But you've got to hit a certain pitch. You know what I mean? You've got to hit a certain vibration. you got to do a certain thing that's worth that thing. And some of these are certainly, definitely pretty freaking good. But it's just every one of them just feels like, two minutes longer than it needed to like yep. <laughs> like mm-hmm. i consistently got that feeling of like i don't need to keep listening to it. That, that's the thing about like daft punk around the world every time i listen to it i feel hypnotized into listening to that song all the way to the end you know it's not that it's that common and i mean it has its complexities you know within it and what it's doing especially with the music video and all that sort of stuff you know but like for me like you know there is uh it's it's that philip glass type of shit you know it's like hey not everything needs to be uh, fully complex like most of the music that we listen to isn't really that complex like if we're <laughs> looking at the the full brother music right like oh sure in that simplicity you could have things like uh, a harder better faster stronger which even though there's like what like eight words in that song and it just kind of repeats it but it's that repetition that slowly allows you to piece together the message of what that song really is right these type of techno joints still there's still a hierarchy and still an art to them right like you know so i don't want to be a person getting on here and saying, oh, look, it's a dance club songs repetitive, bad. You're just like, no, it's not that at all. In fact, uh, as I was listening to this, I got a lot of, you know, gorillas feeling from yep. this, you know, because, you know, especially a British dude doing experimental, like, trip-hop shit, like, this is the lane. <laughs> With a very low-energy, monotone delivery. That's very 2D. Right. Oh, that scratch that itch. Ooh, do it. Talk singy sort of thing, you know, like. Because, <laughs> like, I understand if you have have a song for for a club and you just want that shit to keep going that's why extended club mixes are like over 10 fucking minutes long it's like i get that but some of the songs on here that go on for so long the beat isn't that great to where it's like oh no i know people in the club are gonna yeah just just let it ride man just let that shit keep going because normally it's like just kind of whatever the thing with daft punk that i realized i always liked the single edits of the songs that tended to be like a minute shorter they cut stuff out but here's all the best parts truncated yeah yeah but then when you listen to the album version it never really got on my nerves because like you talked about with the left eye with that block party song or whatever where like where they did the dancing thing twice and they stopped doing it right before it got really obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. Daft Punk would do this thing where they, they repeat a thing just enough where you're like <laughs> about to get tired of it. And then the song switches up to a different thing and you're like, OK, cool. Now, now it's refreshing again. Now I'm on to something else. Let me say one uh, one thing where I felt the slight opposite way, even though I love it so much, Digital Love. The, Last night I had a dream about you. Something in me itches so hard for that to just be a traditional song. Uh. You know, because like it has that first verse and it has that little breakdown. You know, it's like, and I just really wish it didn't take so fucking long to get to these two different parts. You know, <laughs> like when the piano bit just goes on just a little too long yeah <laughs> and it's like ah, get to why don't you play the games get off your bridge <laughs> this this hook is so muddy like just get to it which songs on here were your favorites i'm curious okay so i i do want to show some love to warming up the brain farm oh the opening track yeah <laughs> just, 
Just because it's like, okay, this is a very unconventional album, and I like how it is with that, and that is where I can enjoy the album, where there'll be like long stretches of him just like talking and talking about something, and it's just like hearing the music move and morph underneath him as he's talking about, like that I enjoy, right? Like, but when it's just like long stretches of just like the music happening and maybe kind of doing a little bit of something, it's kind of like, eh. but like when I'm following this guy, just having this weird free free association, like I don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, stricken with grief, I have no choice but to turn to lethal toxins. Hardcore punk paste, all stores taken over. And that was the moment where I was thinking, I was like, oh, I thought this was like a sample. But then, you know, it, it's again that moment where it's like, thing where you're thinking the thing is looking just this way, but then it turns and looks at you, you know? Like, where it's like, oh, I thought this was just an old timey sample. And then it was like, oh, this is the guy on the album, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like, you thought this was a sample, but it's actually me, you know? <laughs> It reminds me of that uh, when Ghostface Killer did that song with Amy Winehouse before I knew who Amy Winehouse was. Oh. And, like, you know, I'd heard that, you know, uh, meet you downstairs in the bars, your own life's life and your soul, Deja. I thought that was a sample. And so when I was just like, oh, wait, what, Amy Winehouse? What? She's got new music? Oh, is it like one of those things that's like, oh, the person gets so, they sold so many records that came back. It's like, no, she's like 27. I was like, wait, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, then Kasparov's Revenge was definitely... Do you remember this uh, song called, like, You're freaking me, baby, driving me crazy. You're freaking me, baby. You um, know that track? I don't think so. So it's it's one of those tracks, like, I looked it up on YouTube, and I was like, what song is this? Like, what, like, 2000s artists, like, doing this? Like, And then I saw it, I was like, it was the Jungle Brothers. And I was like, wait, the Jungle Brothers? I was like, oh, is it, like... Yo, did they get like a deep cut like from like the early nineties or something? Like, and I just you know how like in a movie you you've had that thing happen, right? Where like you'll hear a song in a movie and it's always felt to you a certain way, and then you hear you go like, "Hey, let me hear that song." And you look it up on Spotify, and it's like, and it doesn't feel exactly the same way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've heard this. You know you have. It's, it's in like the DNA of all these. And I always thought it was just like some white pop rock, you know, hybrid thing. It was like it was the Jungle Brothers. Like, oh my god, you know, black rappers innovating once again. <laughs> Here's the problem. I, I pulled it up, and it was a um, American Wedding um, video. It's like it's the American Pie Three soundtrack, and then somebody else said Road Trip brought me here. I never fucked with that genre of comedies, so <laughs> this this song was but like. How did this get in your head? <laughs> yeah, it completely escaped me because I skirted past all those te those typical teen boy movies. Wait, but I've got you. Uh, uh, did you ever see what's the name of that one cheerleader movie? Bring it on. Bring it on. It was in that one, I believe. It was? That's where I think I first oh, remembered it from. Okay. Scroll down. Look Look at uh, Control F for Bring It On, and I think it's in there. Damn. Okay, like, well then, yeah, oh, you got that? me. You got me with Bring It On. Damn look it. At, now look at that. I thought I was, I thought I was untouchable. <laughs> I liked the opening track. It really gave you a taste of just about everything you'd get on the album, which is helpful. Uh, a British dude yammering on a really cool breakbeat. <laughs> trippy kind of music at the beginning it's got creepy spoken word elements and then it's got really catchy beat flipping which makes up most of the best parts of the album i would say because if there was a through narrative in the spoken word parts it was kind of lost on me because i wasn't paying the most attention to it after a while it just kind of felt like another musical element just kind of thrown in there another instrument 
to me, it felt like all atmospheric. To me, it felt like it was like it's the 90s. I'm in a, a club that that looks suspiciously like a Tekken stage, you know, and <laughs> you know what I mean with the graphics and everything like that. And we're all sweating our fucking hearts out. And it doesn't really matter what the person's saying, but it's kind of informing like the energy that's happening. Like you kind of catch a word or two and you're like, yeah, hell yeah. A whole bunch of shit about Spyro off into the ether. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that sounds cool. You know, like and there would be like a vocal effect on his voice every now and then. So it would be like, so it'd be like. You say you have that segment where it's like, wait, is he just saying babbling nonsense or was that actually something? And then you're like, oh, wait, no, that actually was something like, you know, I thought you were going to say like the club scene in Matrix. Totally the club scene in Matrix. You know what I'm talking about. It's that late 90s energy. <laughs> I would bring up the club scene in Hackers, but then I don't want to have to bring up your boys Urban Dance Squad again. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I'm putting up the T. I'm putting up my Holy Cross T. Keep that fucking band away from me. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're fucking, and, you know, it's interesting that you bring them up, right? Because it's Someone like. Someone has to. <laughs> now that you bring it up. Because <laughs> it's like, this is, yeah, also very abstract, weird sort of thing. But it's like, it's so much more. What's the word? Like, I don't want to say, like, not abrasive. And it's like. Uh, word saladry, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. like this actually does feel like if you listen close enough, it's like he does feel like he's talking about something, but it's just more emotional than it is really like logical. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How to operate with a blown mind was a weird one, but I thought it was interesting. Again, like switching up the energy where it's just like him apparently on a dictaphone uh, speaking like with this like, you know, really, you know, contemplative mix of drum drum patterns going on underneath him while he's like talking and, and, and shit. And then this sort of like. Again, just sort of like going on wild out, sort of like tangents and shit. Um, but the mood of it is just a really cool sounding, like, you know, it's it's hashtag mood music. You know what mm. I mean? Like, so I enjoyed it, like that on that level. You know what I mean? Like just on that level of like, oh, this is actually like, I can imagine this being thrown on the playlist with like mm, feeling moody, you know? <laughs> um I used to fall in love. I, I thought this was one of the more, definitely one of the more interesting ones where, where it starts with the, the piano, you know, hits and the gunfire. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, I got a fucking duck. Like, <laughs> like I heard less gunshots on an NWA album. It actually does sound like the sort of like we're in an action movie and someone is being shot through with like just enough precision where you're hearing these things slice through skin, you know? So it's like mm. just that level of just like, uh, uh, what's happening? <laughs> and you're hearing like the piano chords happening. So it sounds like those are like accenting the shots, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's just really atmospheric. Like I thought it was really cool. Now Battle Flag was the one where they kept doing that shadow vowel thing. Like, hey, Mr. Policeman, is it time for getting a wee? Uh, is it time for running from your ass today? Uh, <laughs> or tell me if I'm making you bleed. Uh, if I got more minutes, I'm gonna give you what you need. Uh, it almost sounded like Buster Rhymes. It was like Buster Rhymes, but with like less enthusiasm. <laughs> like as I was listening to it, I was just like, huh. This is like it has like just slightly less oomph <laughs> than it needs, you know. The vocals, all of them, are from the song "Battle Flag" by Pigeonhead. It's just a remix of their song. Yeah. And, and it, I feel like maybe it's one of those things where, like, if it was under the original beat work, maybe the enthusiasm would have been, like, fitting to it. Maybe. But That's under possible. this, it feels a little awkward. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I thought that one started off interesting, kind of dragged, 
in the middle, which unfortunately mm. happens a lot on these. But then it got fun again when it introduced, like, the organ at the end of the song. I, I oh, love when yeah. they bring in stuff like that. Another song you mentioned earlier had to operate with a blown mind. They had a Booker T and the MGs sample. And I, me- I wrote that down specifically because I wanted to tell you about an album I listened to this week by Booker T and the MGs that I think you've got to check out. Mick Lamore Avenue? They did an entire cover of Abbey Road, and it's dope. <laughs> Where is this? What is it's it called again? It's on Spotify. What's it called again? Mick Lamore Avenue. Oh my goodness! They even like the album cover is them crossing a street and everything. <laughs> this, is so, this feels weirdly up my alley. Like <laughs> most of it is instrumental, but some songs have got vocals on them. But yeah, they just kind of throw that Stax vibe on Beatles songs, which at this point, like, weren't even a year old. Yeah, I mean, and like, how much could it have costed? Like, were they doing this legally? You know, like, or were they doing it just soon enough where, like, Beatles' legacy as a band that sues people wasn't just set just yet and people weren't necessarily sampling shit? And we were just out of that era of everyone doing covers of everyone's shit anyway. You know, like... You know what I mean? Was they Were they, like, right at the edge of doing that? Because, like, as soon as I hear a bunch of Beatles songs, the first thing I'm hearing is, ooh, that sounds expensive, you know? Right, but like, yeah. Booker T and the MGs get sampled a lot, like, randomly around hip-hop songs. Like, because I just looked down and I saw the, yeah, Hip Hugger. Like, because that's the song I remember, like, oh, that was in that old Dirty Bastard song. Like, the hip And I was like, why does there it's It's so weird, like, these bands that, like, you, you you could swear didn't have hits because you never, you know, it's not like a sugar pie, honey, ch-, you know what I mean? There's not like a big hit song that you could think of. But, yo, if you judge it by, like, the people that they sampled them, which clearly means that, like, okay, more people were listening to these motherfuckers than people thought, you know what I mean? Like My all-time favorite on this album has got to be uh, Laser Sheep Dip Funk. Oh, uh, you know... That one was definitely a, a, a cool one. Again, another one that goes on for too goddamn long. Um, yeah, it is one I of did- the longer ones. I really liked the, uh, either it's a vocoder or the talk box. Oh, yeah, and that goes in, that's cool, dude. I wish that came up more, but it was a nice little surprise. The voices just really just keep coming out of nowhere. Because does in the intro, there's like a guy who's like comes in who's just like, yeah, you know, this is for all the freaks out there. Like, oh, and a guy yeah. who never comes in again. And it's like, where are these people coming from? Is this a whole band? How is that? There's just this one guy who just says that one thing. Does he just, does he stay out all night after just saying that one line? And just like, yeah, it's never lying. All right, I'm going to hang out over here for a while. There's a sample in Laser Sheep Dip Funk. That is from a song called I Need Money by uh, Eddie Harris. And I swear, all they did from it, and they sampled it so much that about midway through, it just repeats really quickly. And it doesn't even sound like words after a while. And it's just a voice going, so damn high, so damn high, so damn high, so damn high. But they repeat it so quickly that after a while, it just kind of sounds like its own thing. And I love that, like, it just kind of morphs to where it's not even words. It's just sounds that are familiar now. I also really liked Blisters on My Brain with the, uh, um, can we hear an amen? Okay. Right on! Mm. Can we hear an amen? And then later oh, it's just yeah. got that disco machine gun. Disco machine yeah. gun. All I want to do is disco machine gun. <laughs> that was the one I wrote down that this sounded like a gorilla's cut. 
Yeah, and it's just stupid fun. Like, it's that level. It's like, it's that corn, that gorillas doing uh, white light. You know, it's like, this is just on that edge of stupid fun. Like, it's not like comical or anything. It's just like, yeah, I can imagine saying this and around and just like enjoying that in my room as a stupid kid. You know what I mean? Like, it's that energy. It's that stupid kid energy in your room listening to music, you know? Injecting rust, sipping lunular dust or something like that. And if you're like, what the fuck? Like, it's just so weird sounding. It also had the African drums on that one and on Cool Rock Bass that I really appreciated. I liked Cool Rock Bass. I didn't like that it went on for eight minutes. Yeah, it's the second track of the album. And it was like, okay, we've got vocals I can't make out. And it kind of got repetitive about halfway through. Luckily for me, this one did switch it up. And it had the, uh, the African drums on the back end of the track that was like, okay, it's saving it. But yeah, other ones weren't so lucky. They just keep going and keep going. And then Vision Incision, that was the one that goes on for nine and a half minutes. The epic strings and that female echoed, oh, like that actually really works. I thought that was really cool. Like I, it was one of, the, again, it was one of those things where like, when you can put me in that overly epic 90s music video where I can imagine the thunderstorm music video with the woman on the edge of a building, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and there's just like a really weirdly satisfying slipping sound in that beat that keeps coming yeah. in. That sounds really cool. I was like, you know, I could listen to this for 10 minutes. I Okay, I get this. You know, like... It made a noise and I couldn't figure out what the voice was saying. It sounded like a voice over a phone, but it, it sounded like it was going like, whoop, Ever. Whoop. Ever. And I was like, are you saying ever? Like, I couldn't tell what they were, what they were saying. But yeah, like, I know, the, I know the slipping sound. I had no idea how to describe it. I wanted to make a note of it, but I was like, yeah, that, that's it. I, it's I, a cartoon I slip. don't have the language to describe it. <laughs> Should have sent a poet. Um, it's interesting. The, the songs you liked the most got, like, middle of the road ratings for me. And a mm. lot of the ones I liked, you weren't so hot on. Okay, Weird. I, I, this really does feel like an opposite thing because I was, I was like, oh my god, is this a this is a musical Rorschach test? You know, this is like a how are you feeling about the music and, and how is the music feeling about you? You know, like <laughs> where RC sees the two faces and I saw the vase. <laughs> Real. Uh, how did you feel about Will I Get Out of Jail? Will I Get Out of Jail? Let me scroll down. Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, ah, god damn it! That was like my... I, I wrote that down as like my damn near favorite one. Damn, see? That's just so fucking funny. I thought it was kind of boring. And I liked it in the second half when it had like distorted synths. But I was like, eh. Because I kind of felt that way about the earlier longer track that you were talking about that was like, oh yeah, you know, it has the nice little like thing, but it's like, eh, it kind of felt a little mid for me, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> That is so interesting. But yeah, like I like how the Will I Get Out of Jail does that switch up in the middle and then has that like sort of like you hear that little high pitched uh, sample and the serious violin and, and then the digital bass that kicks in halfway through. I'm like, what the fuck? Whoa. And then the the grunts that happen on the beat where I was just like, damn, that should have could have gone on the whole song. Like just the way that sounds, you know, like where it's like just falling right off of the, the time of the beat. But like in that way, that makes it sound really cool you know yeah um so yeah man this is such a fascinating mixed bag uh how did you feel about the nighttime story last track 
Um, I thought it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I thought this was one of the better ones. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was just kind of okay. I don't think it was the strongest outro. It, it, like, maybe not the strongest, but as I was listening to it, I was kind of going like, dude, this is the shit that Wu-Tang Clan should still be rapping over. Like, Oh, yeah. I've had this moment where it's like, certain beats that will sound okay sound stellar once you have like a rapper over it that kind of like directs your ear towards this other thing that's happening in conjunction with the music. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. a, a good rapper really can elevate the music, you know? Uh, perfect example is that song, uh, Speed Law by Mos Def. I remember listening, like, finding the instrumentals and, like, listen to it because I was like, oh, man, this song is fucking awesome. I just want to listen to the instrumentals because, like, you know, I want to, like, rap along to it or whatever. And then I was, like, listening to the instrumentals I was like, you know, this is just kind of weak. There's, like, just that little bit of guitar happening there and there's, like, drums are kind of there. I was like, huh. But then I, like, you know, flipped back to the track again, like, with hip rapping. I was like, no, it's still the same instrumental. It's not like a different, like, you know, version or whatever. It's not like a, you know, cheap, like, you know, when someone does, like, a try to try to recreate it or something like that. It's like, no, it's the same music. I can hear it, but it just sounds weaker. In the same way that, I don't know, I guess a teen sex comedy makes a... Uh, rap by a late stage new age rap group from the early 90s doing a song on a teen sex comedy soundtrack. It just makes it sound different, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an okay album. It's a bit of a grab bag for me. I, I give it a three and a half overall. Like, I, I, I put the odds in its favor, you know what I mean, with that and a half, because it's like, I, I do think it, it has personality, you know, it has something to show for itself, you know? I got a three and a half also. <laughs> Look at that. Up next, though, we've got. Surf's Up by the Beach Boys, requested by Jack Parallax. I love the obviously tongue-in-cheek title of this album. I've heard some of the songs off the album, uh, but this is my first time actually listening to it the whole way through. This is fascinating. Up until this point, I was only familiar with three phases of Beach Boys. Phase one, the fun, fun, fun! Second phase is fucking good vibrations, fucking pet sounds. And third phase is Kokomo. So it's like, <laughs> where does this fall? And it's, yeah. it's after pet sounds, before Kokomo. <laughs> this here is such a departure from that early shit that this is what I really love about the album. For one, I always pictured Beach Boys as being safe. The fucking parents in the suburbs... <laughs> love Beach Boys, but it's still charming and cutesy. And I love that this was probably such a smack in the face. When, <laughs> so when the Beach Boys on this album are straight up saying A cab, and it's like, whoa, holy <laughs> shit. What I also love is how Brian Wilson is a musical genius. I'm just going to throw that mm. out there. Not mm. a hot take, necessarily. <laughs> Mike Love, on the other hand, if you've heard early Beach Boys stuff, the really high-pitched singing voice, that's him. That motherfucker right there. That's Mike Love. In current day, that's a fucking MAGA dickhead who follows Trump around with a fucking oh, red God. cap everywhere. Piece of shit. And this guy, when Pet Sounds was coming out around that time period, was like, hey, Brian. We're rocking the boat with this psychedelic stuff. We just oh, need to stick wow. to what has brought us to the dance. What no. has made us money and the safe, <laughs> cutesy shit. And the band was like, ah, That's you know what? Funny. 
I think this guy might have a point. So they went ahead and they went with the experimental shit and fucking have one of the most respected albums of all time. I was about to say, it's like, all this motherfucker does is hold you back and hold you back. <laughs> and then, then what? Brian Wilson, because of the stress, it starts to get to him. He falls to the back a little bit. Mike Love gets control again. And then we end up with fucking Kokomo. <laughs> That's how that shit happens. That's how we have fucking John Stamos, a full house, up back, in, back in the fucking music oh, video on the Lord. steel drums. Oh, Lord. So, Man. on this one, Mike Love might as well not even be on this fucking album. If he is, I don't know, I can't tell. Because it's completely predominated by the other more artistically interested and adventurous members of the group. Luckily. Because, yeah, Mike Love would have shit all over this album. My favorite cut has got to be. It's got to. Got to. Got to. Got to. Got to. Got to, got to, got to. <laughs> got to get down. It's student demonstration time. Okay. I... <laughs> the fucking Let's outro cut on the, on the first side. And if we want to build up to that, we can. Or we can, or we can get right into student demonstration time. We can talk about it right out the gate. I don't care. You know, it is, uh, it is so tempting, but, but I, I want to start with the beginning specifically yeah. because, like, the way the first song calls your attention. Oh, like, God. it starts specifically with discordant chords. Like, it's cool. trying to be like, you know what we're doing the opposite of now, you know, like. Don't go near the water. <laughs> Surf's up. Don't go near the water. Brian Wilson, he stroked his chin. And he was thinking, like, what what are we going to do to upend things? We're the Beach Boys. We're known as a, how are we going to flip it on? What can we do that still can be real to us? but can still be saying something about what's going on. And he sits on his beachfront property, sees a little bit of, you know, trash, a little bit of, like, plastic, you know, get up on the beach. And he starts thinking, hmm. <laughs> Social message and the beach. We're in business, baby. <laughs> I was like, I see you. <laughs> All we need is your boy, the mailman, sticking his head through the fucking window, yelling message, message. at every song on here. <laughs> And here's my thing. It's again one of those things where I was just like, "Oh, this is so cute. This is quaint. Like, oh, I get, I get what you're trying to do, Beach Boys. Like, on, on some of these songs, I think they actually do do a really good job. On some of these songs, I do feel a little like, okay, I don't know if they worded this exactly right. But then there's a certain level of like, you know, again, you you zoom back to when the time this is actually happening, right? And you're like, oh, oh, fuck, Kent State just happened right like you know and, and it's sort of that thing that kind of makes me be a little bit more lenient on them because it's just like damn they really are reacting in real time to these things happening you know there is that certain level of to it like these are the snapshots of like shit I, we are the beach boys. we got to say something you know like so i i find that like honorable like that, that that's the thing like if you can't say anything else about this album in terms of like replayability <laughs> you know you you do have to say like this is just an honorable thing for like a group to do to still want to experience to still try to get their david bowie on you know what i'm saying and try to be like no no we we, we can still <clears throat> we, we're not the stuffy old you know beach boys no no we can we can still reinvent we can still do something new you know <laughs> then we get to long promise road not bad for, you know, rebelling against general opposition sort of song that that this is. 
You know, like it has some sort of like lyrics, right? Where it's like so hard to answer future's riddle when ahead is seeming so far behind. I was like, I'm already just like, wait, what? <laughs> like I feel like I just got crisscrossed. Like, what's that? Mean? You know, so hard to laugh a childlike giggle when the tears start to torture my mind. It's like, whoa, <laughs> like this man's feelings. Like, this, this ain't your daddy's fucking beach boy. <laughs> Or maybe it is. This is your gristled dad who's being honest with you for the first time. It's like, son, there are things we weren't allowed to say back then. It's 1971. Times are changing. And I got to be honest with you. You know, that, that, that's what this energy is. Then we get joke dad for a little bit with take a load off your feet. I think anyone named Pete who listened to this song probably got freaked out when they say the name. And it sounds like a little under the breath too, right? Like it's. I do them when I'm down in the tub with avocado cream. They'll take a rub. They'll wrinkle like a raisin if I stay too long. I wouldn't want to do it wrong. They'll they'll put you in the um. They'll put you in the driver's seat and to the table when you want to eat. But when you go to sit down in your chair, something else has got to put you there. Take good care of your feet. Pete. <laughs> you better watch out what you eat. Pete. Ta better take care of your life, because nobody else will. I mean, now that is good advice. But, you hear that, Pete? You know? Get right with your feet, but, or they will turn on you. Everything else. Oh, because they're the things that turn you around. Uh, But everything else. <laughs> Fucking stand in the place where you work. Yeah. Now face north. Look, Pete. And anybody Think else about listening. yourself and wonder why you haven't before. Wait, why haven't I thought about myself before? Wait, whoa, whoa, oh my god. If you need Michael Stipe to tell you to stop and think about what you're doing, look, at least stop. someone's looking think out for it. you. <laughs> I'm just going to tell everybody, all the off-goers listening right now, as someone who in the past couple of years developed plantar fasciitis, <laughs> yeah, oh no, <laughs> you gotta take care of your feet. Because... Mm. If those motherfuckers start to hurt, you ain't doing shit. The Beach Boys said, better take care of your life because nobody else will. You know why they said that? Because they didn't know about going off. They didn't know uh, that one day, two folks with a podcast to hundreds of people uh, would be telling them, hey, you know what? You know what they were talking about, like your feet? That's give that supplemental vital information for your everyday life, you know, uh... But yeah, it's just such a goofy song. It's again, <laughs> like the Beatles were making song, right? About fucking octopus gardens and fucking, you know, uh, yellow submarines and shit. Like, so it's like, it's not exactly that far off. Like, it was a little jarring because, like, Long Promised Land, I thought that song fucking slapped and the dude was singing his fucking ass off. And, like, up to this point, we've been pretty intense in our message and our emotion. Right. And then we get this and it's. And honestly, this and Disney Girls back to back is the is the perfect cool down to get you ready for student demonstration time. Because so, take a lot uh, yeah. of your feet is some schoolyard goofy, harmless, silly it, bullshit. He says your feet will twinkle. Like what? That doesn't even make sense. Pete knows all the treacherous blows, the fallen arches, and the cramp in your toes. He went to help and got some sandals yeah. new and dusty old saunas too and help is like an acronym was that like a store or something h-e-l-p 
maybe some sort of like uh, uh you know social program like for people's clothes or something that's what i was thinking like oh a little subtle you know call out to some sort of like organization or something Disney Girls 1957, specifically, it, it lets you know this is going to be a throwback to the old Beach Boys so sound that you might be a little bit more familiar with. It's okay. Yeah. It really yeah. does sound like a love song for Disney adults, like in the current day. They were doing the thing where it's like, oh, it's been a little ironic, like, oh, the Disney girl, but she's doing it for escapism, and the song's very, like, slow, it's slow doo you know, like. Oh, reality, it's not for me. I did think it's interesting. It's like, wait, did they say Disney? Was it always Disney? Disney girl. No, it's just slowed down. Didn't they do that song? It was like, Surfer Girl. Didn't they do that one too? Uh, Little Surfer yeah. Girl. Dude, that's a really cool song. I, I didn't find that one. <laughs> yeah. You just reminded me. Dude, those melodies are so fucking crisp, man. They're just really good. Like, Little. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know dick about surfing or how to do it at all. <laughs> but when I hear that song, I, I I imagine the music video with that, like, you know, this, this really cute girl, like, surfing, and you're just like, I got to at least try. I got to go out there, you know, like. <laughs> Everything looks like it was filmed with a fucking eight millimeter camera. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and a sepia, uh, but, but it's like got that soft filter on it, you know, like. She's got the cat eye glasses that, that, that you saw every every girl in an old uh, Beatles concert was wearing sure. as they were screaming and crying. They got the all the cat eye glasses on, <laughs> passing out. Student demonstration time. What a song! I just the way it started. Where they were like, "Oh, oh, we're going old school rockabilly. This is this is this is that respectability. Uh, this, this is the, the rowdy respectability, you know, version of that for them, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we're not necessarily on the funk stuff, but but here's the like the, the old school version of like here's the rowdy, you know, muck yeah, up music. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're out there saying there's a riot going on a couple months before the Sly album of the same name comes out. We're oh, not going to be wow. that raucous." But yeah. we're raucous for us, okay? This is out of our comfort zone. The vocals kind of have that sort of like megaphone quality to it. So yes. like, oh my God. Ah. Like the way they experiment with like, you hear like, you know, you hear sirens in the background, but you also hear like things that are synths that are imitating sirens, but like messing around to do a little something. You're like, oh, okay. They're getting a little weird on us. Like, wait. <laughs> Civil rights happened in 1968. This is like three years, like most of their career up to this point took place before civil rights happened. Like, yeah. isn't that just such a fascinating thing? Just take in for a second and be like, <laughs> yeah, this one lyric is like, you know, dun, 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 and yes, it goes like that. Uh, dun, 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 dun. The <laughs> violence spread down south uh, to where Jackson State brothers dun, 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 learned not to say nasty things about Southern policemen's mothers. And I'm like, what? What? Beach Boys, holler at me for a second. Come over here. Do you know why these riots are happening? Do you know why they're happening? Did are you, you aware? Do, do you think it's just because they just, somebody just got mouthy to a policeman? <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm just like. It's like, I'm sure it happened. Again, I know that their heart is at the right place. So I don't think that this is actually a, you know, Coca-Cola join the conversation thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that they actually are dipshits about it. But it just kind of felt like it was just like. Do they know exactly why this is happening, or are they just kind of like, well, hey, people want to be heard, and we should allow them to be heard. I don't know exactly what they want to say, but but we should allow them to be heard, you know? <laughs> like, 
Nothing much was said about it, and really, next to nothing done. The pen is mightier than the sword, but no match for a gun. Yes, demonstration time. You know, and I was like, oh, oh, this get a little saucy for for the Beach Boys. You know, we had the lyric where it's like, uh, they said that the, the students uh, scared the guard, though the troops were battle-dressed. Four martyrs earned a new degree, the Bachelor of Bullets. I know we're all fed up with useless wars and racial strife, but next time there's a riot, well, you better stay out of sight, because there's a riot going on. And... Just the framing of this felt awkward to me, right? Because yeah. it, it felt like it, it felt like it was more like, "Oh shit, there's something happening! You better get the fuck out of the way!" And it's like, I mean, I guess that is like, you know, just for your own self-preservation, I guess, like to get out of the way of like, you know, violent shit that's happening. But it's just, like it feels sort of like, you know, what I'm trying to say, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's not outwardly shaming people for protesting and it's not saying that their protesting isn't valid and it feels like it's like, weirdly trying to ride a middle line and i can't tell if that's like it's not being judgmental it's not siding with the people they're protesting against per that, se that's what either. I mean. yeah. <laughs> but it, if anything it's just bringing awareness to us they're like they're reporters just kind of pointing to it and being like hey you can't ignore it. This shit is happening now. I can't act like it's not cool that the Beach Boys is doing this type of fucking song. And I can't act like they're not saying, you know, they are saying something in here, especially. But, like, there is that sort of feeling where just like, I don't know. But, like, I feel like there's, like, other songs where, like, Fortunate Son, you know, just for an immediate example, right? Where it's like, it, you know, it, it feels kitschy now. And the, duh, 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 like, we all know, you know, what that song is. It's a song about it. But, like, when you listen to it, it really is speaking about something. Like, you know, it ain't me. It ain't me. I ain't no fortunate one. Like, I ain't the one who's, you know, born to ra wave the red, white, and blue because I'm the one who's going to get conscripted into war. Like, that's very directly talking about, you know, the thing that's yeah. happening. You know, like, and, and it's very, like, the narrative is putting you in that first person. Like, yeah, I'm not that guy either. I'm not the guy who's going to be, you know, just proudly waving the battle flag and going into death because, like, well, look at the shit that I had to do. I'm not fortunate. I, uh, this is what I'm going to be fighting for. It, it very directly calls your brain to these ideas. He is the person who could be persuaded. You know, he's the person you could definitely talk to and be like, hey, man, and now, and now that we've got your attention person with resources, here's how you can help, you know? Like, that's the thing. So I, I wouldn't want to shoo-shoo this type of person away is basically how I feel. You know, if we were to zap back to 1971 and it's like, make your decision, you know, are you cool with the Beach Boys or not? I'd be like, nah, we cool. We cool. We cool. We certainly cool. I would definitely want to do a remix or maybe we rewrite some of these lyrics. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> feel flows. They get back in their spacey, you know, uh, psychedelia vibe. They got a great flute solo Ooh. on this track, too. This needs to be right after good vibrations on your playlist Ooh, i'm telling you guys yeah. right now uh, this is the chaser for good vibrations where you still like i just heard that song and i don't want to play it again but i definitely want to feel those vibes <laughs> you know? yeah keep it going <laughs> the feel flows the white puff glistening shadowy flow like it's oh it's milky like you've got to listen to this fucking and, and the fucking the the, the poetry uh, it's one of those things where it's like i don't know what the fuck you're saying but this sounds cool as shit it's like the the unfolding, enveloping missiles of soul recall senses sadly. Mirage like soft blue, like lanterns below, to light the way gladly. Whether whistling heavens, clouds disappear. Whether wind withers mystery. Whether whiteness whisks soft shadows away. This is fucking pop 
poetry. You can't tell me this is not like fucking art right now. You know what I'm saying? Like this is that shit that earned. Like if if there were 12 tracks of this type of shit, this would be like, yo, you bow down before the goddamn Beach Boys. They've transitioned into the respectable adult, you know, musician. These are the Beach Men, and they knew how to make that transition. Because like tracks like this, it's so like. It, these are still pop songs, right? Like, they're still, like, very fun, snapping your fingers along, you're just, like, whistling the melody, but, like, this in your fucking average bubblegum pop song, and you can hear it, and how the lyrics, and how the music, you know, and how these things inform each other with the text painting and all these sorts of things, you know, and, like, it is that next level, like, just because this is pop, it, you know, doesn't mean this can't be, you know, music that I thought about and really wanted to make sound good, you know what I'm saying? Carl Wilson wrote uh, Long Promised Road and feel flows so he's definitely the more more pensive guy <laughs> i get as soon as you say that's like oh th those two styles of songwriting i hear it you know then uh looking at tomorrow a welfare song Th now this felt more along the lines of a fortunate son where it's like the message of the song is more uh I implicit to what the narrative is that sort of thing you know it's like yeah, I'm going to get my money and eventually I'm going to get this job and I know I'm struggling. Like, it's speaking specifically to, you know, the struggles of the working class, man. Like, and th this, uh, this I felt was a more, like, enjoyable track in terms of, like, oh, I, I'm keying into you speaking about this thing now. And I understand, you know what I mean? Like, that communication of, like, oh, I know that you are in tune with this and the way that you are speaking to, you know, this working person's narrative, you know? Like, then we get a day in the life of a tree. <laughs> oh, before we move on, I got to point out that Looking at Tomorrow has the very signature Beach Boys ba 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 ba's in there. Oh, for but sure. But they're like distorted and wavy. Like, oh, yeah, that's true. It's like a little glimpse of the Beach Boys you used to know, but now it's like through a fucking funhouse mirror. <laughs> If you're a passive Beach Boys fan, like, I feel like I've been more like, I love, I'm a surface fan. I'll, I'll admit it, you know, I like the big hits. They sound really nice and clearly calls me to, like, listen to more of these really nice melodies and shit. But it's like, the stuff that's the hits, there's still money. Like, they, they, they don't run out, you know what I mean? They, they, those melodies still hit. Feel the wind blow through my skin, the pain, the air is killing me. killing me. Is killing me. <laughs> is, oof, God. And, uh... Trees like me weren't meant to live if all this earth can give is pollution. It's like, I officially know what a Beatles song sounds like in an American accent. Like, <laughs> Day in the Life of a Tree is a George song. Uh, student Demonstration Time is a John song. <laughs> uh, D Disney Girls is a Paul song. And Take a Load Off Your Feet is a Ringo song. <laughs> Absolutely. It's got all the bases covered, really. Now look at that. I thought Till I Die was a less impactful song, but I still thought it was really pretty sounding. The fact that it came after the ambitious A Day in the Life of the Tree did feel like it felt like a bit of a step down because of that. Because like it starts with, like, the last song is about being an object, and then the first thing he says, like, I'm a cork on the ocean, I'm like, oh, are we still doing the object thing? <laughs> like, Till I Die is the speed bump. Student demonstration time, fuck yeah. Feel flows, fuck yeah. Looking at tomorrow, a day in the life of a tree. We're really picking up steam. Till mm. I die is kind of, okay. But then <laughs> Surf's Up is so fucking good again. Oh, it's like, man. we get right back to it after We're this one. back, 
baby. I mean, like I said, till I die, like it certainly chills out. Like when I when I'm able to zoom out and realize what's happening, like in the song where it's like, oh, the, it's three different objects that are representing how he feels, you know. And then the bleeding organ kind of comes back in a, uh, in again. Mm. There's a lyric where he's just like, it kills my soul. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like oh, the yeah. non the nonchalance of like hey, you, hey. You, yeah using that little you know offhand you know uh, uh, call back to the doo-wop thing but right uh, right next to it kills my soul yeah <laughs> the juxtaposition there is great like he, he knows what the fuck he's doing you know like these things i'll do till i die these things i'll be till i'll die it's just like oh no like it's one of those things where like the as this picture slowly starts to come together the three objects that he mentioned slowly start to float together and then the message comes together it's like i feel this way about my life I, what do i mean i'm nothing I, and then we get to surfs up Truly, back in that Baroque pop bag. Oh my God. It was like, it, 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 it had me gotta be like, you guys could have just done this the whole time, please. Just do this the whole time. Just, I want this the whole time so badly. <laughs> How we got two songs in one, essentially, with this one. Mm. The first track with the, and I'm not even gonna try to replicate it, but you know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Culminated Ruins domino and he hits this high note that is just like whoa what was this holy shit and then like the second half is like a little bit more upbeat but you got this line a choke of grief half-hearted eye beyond belief a broken man too tough to cry Breaking down the, the, the toxic masculinity in his heart, <laughs> plaguing his soul and then I love that one part where he goes like surf's up Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah i guess that's what i do and then it's like but then the way he follows it up surfs up aboard a tidal wave come about hard and join just like the way he lives that like the ultimate imagery that that this type of you know guy in this weirdly specific niche of genre can flip you know on his head giving you that ultimate tsunami wave you know like yeah surfs up on this motherfucker that's gonna wipe away everything yeah push apocalyptic beach boys music it's like yo i'm here for it i'm here for it ultimately i i walked away with an average rating of a four but i feel like that's low man like you know i gave it a three and a half and i'm i know i'm like like Maybe I'm being uh, the hater. He was no, hater this no. week. <laughs> I get it. Student demonstration time is a weird one. <laughs> and load off your feet. Take a load off your feet definitely wasn't a four for you, I'm going to guess. Uh, no, that was certainly not. Uh, <laughs> that was, uh, that was a one. <laughs> that pulled it down, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I'm, um, I'm not going to dispute. You know, he got that reputation of like, oh, this is the Beach Boys being dour. So maybe like the art side of the crowd was like, oh, they look at them th thinking they're being artsy. You know, maybe they heard one of the goofy songs and they're like, <laughs> they teeter to themselves, you know. And then the people who were like, well, I just want the fun songs. You know, they heard one or two of the fun songs, but oh, why are they being so dour? You know, these two people who are in these completely different mindsets of expectation, you know, and if you I think if you just go into it wanting to be like, hey, I remember the Beach Boys. What's new with them? You know, and then go into it like this. I think you have a much, uh, much more fun time. I'm very curious about this part of the Wikipedia article about the album. It says, uh, lyrically, Surf's Up addresses environmental, social, and health concerns more than the group's previous releases. Okay, so far. 
This was at the behest of the newly recruited co-manager Jack Riley, who strove to revamp the group's image and restore their public reputation following the dismal reception to their recent albums and tours. Okay, guys, we care about stuff. We care about the environment. We <laughs> Like, I'm looking. Pet what? Sounds only came out a, a couple of years before hey, this. Like, we're dude, not talking... times change quick. <laughs> like, I, I guess they might have had, like, one or two albums that didn't do as, as, as well. But it's this part in particular. His initiatives included a promotional campaign with the tagline, It's now safe to listen to the Beach Boys. What the hell? That's such a weird, like, that's so making it about themselves. Like, hey, look at all this political music going on. And we weren't making political music. Well, you can listen to us now because now we're doing the political stuff. So you can write my records again. <laughs> but what about this album feels safe to you? Yeah, that's the thing. Ah! Like, are they being ironic? Is, is, is this the of the time? Like, this would be so biting irony at the time. It's now safe to listen to the Beach Boys. Eh, but we're not actually being but this is the cheeky 70s like this is the 70s that shit was kitsch you know like <laughs> do you mean we're not putting out shit anymore like <laughs> this is another good album it's safe to listen to them again because their next album did really badly i just can't imagine the beach boys anymore into the 70s <laughs> like you know like my brain is like did the beach boys do disco like did that happen like i'm i'm so Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to request an album. <laughs> the next one says it leans a little bit more into R&B, but that doesn't feel like it would be out of the wheelhouse. Like, R&B, like, was at the root of Or were they rock, doing more of that so... AM rock in the 70s? You know, that was becoming more of the, the yacht rock shit, you know. Oh, they're going from the beach to the yacht in the 70s. Is that what's happening? They put out Surf's Up. They put out two more albums, and then from then on out, it was like a decade of greatest hits. Like, they fucking... Uh. Surf's Up was the swan song, man. The last taste of, like, quality. Like, because my brain is just racking itself to be like, they just feel like such an anomaly outside of yeah. the decade that they came from. And, it, and But then you think, like, it's also kind of fascinating how they were able to last as long as they did until the next decade. Like, you know? <laughs> I always wonder what the Beatles would have sounded like if they didn't break up in 1970. Like, would mm. they have embraced, like, a disco sound? Or would right. they have maybe gone the same line of, like, the Stooges and the MC5, like, the kind of proto-punk kind of vein? Or mm. Would they have gone, like, further into prog rock, you know? like yeah. yeah, like, they definitely had the promise there, like, working with Phil Spector and everything. The production only would have got more and more intense. Or... Would it have been more like political stuff like John was writing or more corny love stuff like Paul was writing? Like, which way would it have gone? Yeah, there really is. A, a, you really don't know where it could have gone <laughs> or could have gone all four directions at the same time because they clearly were like blistering out in them, you know? Yeah, it, it was a band that was destined to break up because all four of them wanted to do such different things that there was no way it would have survived. Fucking Chicago, it's like jazz rock. They got some really cool, mm, interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, because you're following all the albums, and it's like, yeah, it's like uh, Chicago 2, Chicago 3, and they all got numbers, and you're following along, and all of a sudden, there's just an album called Hot Streets. This is Chicago's disco album. And it's like, uh, whoa, uh, whoa. Uh, and it's not terrible. I did uh, listen to it. I was like, this is 
okay. <laughs> like, not amazing. And look at that. Try, they tried to step their foot out from there. You know what I'm saying? They're comfort Gotta zone. Gotta respect the hustle for yeah. sure. Well, that about um wraps it up for this week's episode of Going Off. So we thank you very, very much for spending your time with us this week. It means a whole lot to us. And if you liked what we did with these album requests, and if there are some albums that you would like to hear us talk about, some rap adjacent like we're talking about, or stuff completely out of that realm, like Beach Boys from 1971, uh, head money. on over to our <laughs> Kofi, that is ko-fi.com slash going off, that's G-O-I-N-O-F-F, and uh, we, can, uh, we can get that request on in a future episode of the show. In addition to the uh, fan house we've been going on, uh, fanhouse.app slash riffcoms with the Kids Bop videos, I've been torturing myself in another way. We've got a new podcast. Me and Neb have a podcast called uh, ONA Detox, and I've been subjecting myself to a lot of Opie and Anthony audio and audio oh of Lord. Anthony's new project with Proud Boys uh. founder Gavin <sighs> McGinnis. <sighs> Holy Christ, what the fuck, man? <laughs> boy, oh boy. Oh, man. That was a name I was not expected to hear. If y'all are curious about radio history, like I'm a huge nerd for radio history, or just want to hear about how a shock jock team from New York in the late 90s kind of shaped edgelord culture in a big, big way, oh, man. Uh, check out ONA Detox. I've got the four, first four episodes uh, up on the RSS feed, so if you're already on the Spotify page and uh, you're listening to us there, you can just find the ONA Detox episodes there, or you can find the videos uploaded to the Riffcoms YouTube. So no matter where you're listening to it, uh, those episodes are going to be there. So if that piques your interest, check them out. And if you want to support your boy, uh, you can always hit me up at patreon.com slash rapcritic. You can get to see episodes early, real early, uh, <gasps> as well as get to... Uh, See uh, and listen to my movie review podcast, uh, Review Anew, as well as get to join the Rap Critic Discord, where you can chat with me and fellow fans about music and stuff like that. And uh, we always are talking shit about stuff and, you know, having movie nights and game nights and, and music nights. You know, sometimes like when I'm not even there, I'll just see like people have had a music night and people are just listening to music and hanging out, you know. So uh, it's a pretty cool time. Uh, and if you want to support, support like, uh, you know, my my specific operation, Kofi.com slash rap critic, uh, if you want to give to me individually for uh, music video reviews or or uh, song uh, uh, album streams or or uh, movie reviews, if you want to request a movie, uh, definitely hop on that. Uh, you know, get with it, act like you want it to, you know, support your boys ventures and this, that and the third, you know, so you got the ongoing and you got the the one time place where, where you can go if you want to, you know, throw some cash your, your boys way, you know, so get with it, act like you want it. Uh, I am going to be streaming, but I think it's going to be uh, on my second YouTube channel. I'm going to see uh if it's feasible to do that dude switching over to different channels is just annoying to do yeah and i'm like like i'm trying to do it like for like hey you know maybe it would be like more worth it to do it over here or was it worth it to do it over there you know what i'm saying like trying to like figure out what's more feasible but like in the middle of doing it because technology is such a bitch and it can mess up and because like you know you don't know what the fuck could go wrong if you start doing it over here and oh you forgot the twitch key over there but then what do you know did, what do you have to do to request it and did you request it right and did it take too long and it didn't yeah it's just a whole bunch of shit but yeah you <laughs> <laughs> boy try to diversify his bonds out here but it's it's, yep, a, yep. it's a hassle so until next time <laughs> for going off i'm muse and i'm the rap critic and 
I'm out here on the street where it goes down, not indoors, in the record stores. I make it go down here. Dig it. Check it out. It's a scene. The scene that never was and it it never will be. You never was. You never will be. I'm here where it is real. So get wise, fucker.